You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. You know, something we haven't done on this video game podcast here in a while is uh, talk about what video games we're playing. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I bring it up because uh, I selfishly want to talk about a game that I've been playing and not really enjoying, but kind of uh, forcing our way through. <laughs> that's, that's the best. <laughs> well, you pay for it. <laughs> Those you pay are the for best. It, so you've got to at least pay, play through it once. Exactly. No, the, I, because I feel your pain, Joel. But I you, definitely feel your pain on but that. But you know what? This isn't even like a new game. It's not even something that's like in the backlog that I felt like I had to go through. This is a game that... Uh, well, let me just back up. So, obviously, in preparation for this Super Nintendo episode, uh, I wanted to play a little Super Nintendo. It's been on my mind. I've been thinking about it. We are at the 30-year, right, um, anniversary yeah, of the week or the month of mm-hmm. uh, the release of the Super Nintendo back in 1991 when we were all wee younglings. Um, and uh, so I wanted to play some Super Nintendo. And, of course, what do you do? Uh, I went back and actually played an NES game uh, that was ported to the Super Nintendo in the form of uh, Super Mario All-Stars. Uh, yep. Yeah, so where they ported the first uh, three mm-hmm. NES games over up to the graphics. And uh, in my estimation, there's no reason to ever play the original NES versions again if you have this what? version. It looks much better. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, why would you want to go back? Well, it's still more convenient with them all on one cartridge. Disagree. I mean... This, that's that's true, but like, I don't know. Like, I'm not really big on the graphic updates on the original Super Mario Brothers. Like, I don't need that. Yeah. I kind of like the original. I dig the original style. There's something nostalgic that's, about it, but um, there's no denying. Definitely a personal thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I just think it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's much more beautiful. Obviously, you've got, what, four times the pixels or whatever. Or is it double? Because All eight, 16 eight of those bits. <laughs> mm, that's yeah. right. It was the oh, first great. time Americans got to play graphics. the original yeah. Super Mario 2. And yeah, that's so the great. game that I'm playing. Thank you, Joe, for oh, the Lost <laughs> Levels. <because> oh, okay. <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Now it makes sense. The yeah, Lost Levels um, is, is. So, my lovely wife, Jenna, and I, we got to the point. We had, we had a sad realization uh, that we hadn't played all of the Mario games. We just finished a few weeks ago uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2, uh, which she had never played through. I had only played through once and realized I never beat. Uh, and finally beat it, uh, can check that off the list, but that meant no more new Super Mario games. We've played them all, we've beat them all, uh, except for Super Mario Brothers 2, Japan, a.k.a. The good, Lost Levels. Good luck. In, uh, good yes, luck. Now I, I can tell by the nodding of heads that you guys have all played this uh, and agree with me, yes? Yep. Yep. Have, you, have you learned yet that if you use a warp of any kind, you can't actually beat the game? Oh, no, but thanks for the heads up. Uh, yeah. I haven't even found any warps yet, so uh, through no lack of trying. But it's yeah, hard man. enough just to get through the fucking levels, man. Like, mm-hmm. it's punishment. This game is punishing you. This game does not like you at all. You will die <laughs> at least double-digit times on every level. And, and there aren't even a lot of levels. Like, there's, what, like eight worlds, and each one oh, has there's a lot. four levels. Yeah, it, but there, not when you... There's- there's a lot because it goes beyond eight and it starts going into like symbol levels when you oh, get really? when you get high enough. Oh, this uh-huh. is the first one that started that, huh? All right. Well, uh, yeah. even so, on other Mario games, you're getting like six to eight levels in each world, and then there's like ten or twelve worlds. Um, and this one, it's only four, but that's okay because <laughs> they know you're going to spend an hour on every one of those levels trying to fucking beat it. I'm not kidding, man. There is some stuff that one of the things I like about other Mario games is. Um, that there is definitely a way the the designers want you to play a level, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And a good Mario level design uh, 
if you're good enough, you can find that path. You can find that line, as skateboarders say, the first time and get lucky without knowing the level. But it is possible to beat uh, some of these you know, levels on Mario World and the, the 3D Marios on the first try if you get lucky and you're good enough. Super Mario World lost levels, there's no way. Some of these levels are like, you have to learn, you have to know where you're going to jump. Uh, you have to know that they trick you so many times. And all the castles are like, like these puzzles where you have to go yeah. the, the right way. You have to go in the middle or you have to go the top or bottom. And if you don't, got to go back and try it again. And it's like, there's that's, no way you can do this point. on the first try. I know. Yeah. Yes. The point is to punish you. Like this is, there's no reason. <laughs> it's no Let's surprise. Let's add that memorization into it. <laughs> I don't want to. You remember what you've done. Remember where you've made your mistake. And when you're replaying. I'm going to remember. Make the same mistake again. I'll remember never yeah. to play this game so, again. That's what is, I'll remember. It's too brutal for I'll remember never to play. <laughs> it's not what well, I go to. Why do you think Mario they didn't for? release it to America for so long? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I always too used many to. whiny American kids wouldn't play it. It was too hard. And I. I used to think that too, but I have to believe that like even Japanese kids were playing this and like, <laughs> fuck this game. Like, we hate this game. And it came Maybe. from us. Um, and that's why they had to rebrand uh, Doku Doku Panic as Super Mario Brothers 2 in the United States. And I'm so happy they did because, yes, fuck this game. Oh my God. <laughs> so, uh, what are you guys playing? There's the rating right there. <laughs> well, can uh, somebody cheer us up and uh, tell us about a game that they're, they're playing, they're actually enjoying with their time? Um, so. Going through my Final Fantasy marathon still, I finished six for like the upteenth yeah. time uh, last week, and I just recently played through seven, so I didn't want to play seven again. Uh, so I've started on Crisis Core, but I also came back to my Vita and I noticed I still had an app that was open. Uh, and apparently, two years ago, I started playing a game for PS One called Alundra that I had played a long time ago. But apparently, I started playing it again. What an awesome game this yeah. is. I forgot all about this. This is totally like, if you like Legend of Zelda, especially like old school Legend of Zelda, yeah. this is like the Zelda killer app for the PlayStation. Wow. The only problem I have with it is that it is, it is full of jumping puzzles, and jumping puzzles in an isometric view is torturous. Uh, now, what is isometric? It. Other than that, though, isometric. What does that mean? Uh, is when it's like, it's overhead. It's kind of like a yeah, three-quarters yeah. overhead top-down view. Yes. Overhead, but at a diagonal... Yes. Yeah, not optimal. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I mean, other than that, though, everything is so tight on this game. It's a it's a working designs release, so you know, like the production is just like top notch. Mm -hmm. These are the same people that did uh, the localization of Lunar Silver Star Story, and uh, and yeah, it's just it's a beautiful game. It's I'm almost at the end of it again, and uh, man, it's just it's killer. So if you've got a PS One. Uh, and, a, and a few bucks, you could probably find this game fairly easily. Nice, Jay. What about you? What have you been playing? Well, for the for the most part, I've been playing uh, some Skyward Sword, uh, going back to the uh, through the HD one on on Switch, and I I dig the shit out of these <laughs> uh, the button controls, so it's not using the uh, oh yeah, not using the swings and everything. But They've done it so well, oh, good. and. And and I, I love that it now has the option like you can you can hold in the uh, the left bumper mm -hmm. and then your your right stick now acts as a camera control. That's right. Whereas in, in the original game you had no camera control, you just had to keep hitting Z to keep centering your oh, your geez. view as you were running around. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, a lot of a lot of little little improvements like that. The I, I still don't have the the amiibo, which pisses me off because of scalpers. 
Oh, wow. But hard in, to find? Yeah, not hard. Impossible. No. <laughs> um, and it sucks. It fucking sucks. But they tied. <laughs> yes. This, Wait, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> oh, my God. But it, it does. It sucks. They tied this, uh, this, I guess, quality of life improvement of being able to just warp back and forth from the, the sky back to wherever you were mm-hmm. in to these amiibos like you can do the the statues like you could before and warp to the sky and then warp back to that statue but this amiibo lets you from wherever you're at even if you're inside a dungeon nice you can warp back to the sky resupply do whatever and then warp back in yeah but it's tied behind an amiibo that nobody can get because all the scalpers have bought them up well dude i guess you got to go on ebay and find yourself an amiibo i'm gonna be doing that yeah that is pretty shitty that they've done that uh for such a quality of life improvement to like tie it hey jay yeah jay if you if you go to the target website there's one available there's three left in northeast dallas this just in for pickup Uh oh (laughs) may have to uh pause recording here while jay feverishly fires up his chrome web browser i imagine yeah (laughs) go to target and uh and put it in yeah zelda zelda and loftwing there you go that's what his name is yes and three only three left uh, while Jay is doing that, I'm going to one admire his uh, Zelda themed T-shirt that he's wearing. Uh, take a little mm. screenshot for the audience there. But, uh, there you go, modeling. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, go also- ahead and put two in your cart, Jay. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, you get a scalp one. I get, I get a finder's fee. Nah. Go ahead. And grab some. <laughs> nice. What, how much do they run? Jay, I'm a friend too, it's you know. 20, Twenty-four dollars. <laughs> hey, there's there's three it, available. Ralph three needs one too. It, it only go. allows me. It only allows uh, me to put two. Uh, yeah, it, it 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 says on there that there's a limit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Jay, good to hear that uh, you're liking the joystick uh, improvements in Skyward Sword because I oh, yeah. I've been hearing about half and half. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, I think I'm gonna like it, but uh, I have yet to pop that baby in. So, so that's that's encouraging. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I think you'll I think you'll definitely like it. Especially, you know, I I didn't hate the the motion controls. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they were done very well, uh, even on you know back on the Wii. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily, since I'm playing so much in handheld, anyways, yeah. I don't necessarily just want to you know pull off the the joy cons and start swinging them around stuff. Exactly. I, I love that i can just hold it in my hand and play yeah nope so agree yeah nice. it's it's great all right check your card out before uh your time limit goes up there on the target i know right Come on. Uh, um, in the meantime you uh, may have heard a fourth unfamiliar voice and that is because uh this is only the second appearance on this here podcast where we are graced uh with ralph 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 what's your last name again Woods. Woods. I, I was going to guess Woods, and then I thought I was going to get it wrong and be embarrassed, but should have just gone with my gut. Ralph Woods uh, gracing us once again on the podcast. The last time you heard his voice, I believe, was for our, what, Fighting Games episode back in uh, February. We did a whole episode oh, yes. on uh, Fighting Games. Wait, Check you had out. Ralph on the Fighting Games episode? Absolutely. Yeah, and so we had oh, all those conversations that we're probably God. about to have again here in a moment. Oh, <laughs> did, did you talk about that? Now that you're but, here, you can defend yourself when we had say Street your side Fighter of yeah. Yeah, I, I got Street Fighter 2. Hey, and we're talking about the Super Nintendo anyway. Perfect. Yeah, uh, I, I, grabbed Super, I had grabbed oh, Street Fighter 2, and like we started playing, and like 
Ralph just started dominating me in this game. Like, just doing, like, as Guile. Like, every time, oh, as yeah. Ryu, I would get up in the air. He'd grab me in the air and, like, do the backbreaker. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't get around. I got so raged out that I was like, yeah, you might be able to beat me in this game, but I can kick your ass. Let's, tomorrow, <laughs> let's get up early tomorrow, like go into the backyard. The and we'll, 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 we'll fight. No grudges. We're just going to go out there and see who can kick whose ass. The next morning, we're like, wait, I'm like, I'm just way too tired. No, I'm yeah. way, and he's like, he's like, me too. And inside, I'm like, I don't want to get my ass kicked. So I'm just. <laughs> That's so funny. It's, it's, it's bad times. enough I'm getting my ass kicked on Super Nintendo. I don't want to get my real right. ass kicked yeah. in my own backyard. Insult to injury. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm sure you're not the only uh, folks that are. Uh... Street Fighter 2 almost brought them to fisticuffs in real life. <laughs> and you won't be the last. And we weren't even really mad at each other. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, we just... Was so delirious. So but, like, this dude would end up becoming just dominant in every fighting game that we would play. Yeah. We had Killer Instinct. This guy would kick ass in Killer Instinct. Wow. Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, name it. And he's, like, on top of the board. It was ridiculous. Well, you were selling yourself short on that uh, fighting game episode, Ralph. Uh, so uh, I'm sorry, I'm modest. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. If you want to hear uh, his modesty, you can do so uh, by listening to that episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. That's right. This is our video game-themed podcast right here on the Next Wave Radio Network, where uh, every week we get together, different cabal chuckleheads, to uh, talk about video games, the video game industry, and uh, in some cases, uh, consoles that are having certain anniversaries, uh, you want to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on 16bitgladiators.com. That's our website where we have links uh, to hear every episode we've ever done. We're coming up, I think this is episode number 36 or 37. 37, Joe. In a row? That's right. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, I hear Clerks 3 has wrapped. Uh, so it we'll wrapped, yeah, yesterday. Uh, the Clerks 3 film in uh, 2022, one would imagine, rounding mm-hmm. out that trilogy. Don't know yeah. why that's important on this video game theme podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page as well. Go to Facebook.com and uh, search for 16-Bit Gladiators there. Or on Twitter, you can follow us at 16-Bit Gladiators uh, and find out all what episodes are coming up and uh, links to uh, everything else. You can find it all on 16bitgladiators.com. Uh, before we move on, I see Jay. Follow us on Instagram. You can uh, get us on the gram. Oh, now I see victory. Oh, okay. yeah, victory. victory. It's done. <coughs> Fist pump. How many, now, how many were uh, successfully added to your cart there, Jay? Just I, the can one? Only do, I can only do the two. Oh, you did two? Do, only let me do up to two. Yeah. All right, two. Well, you guys are going to have to fight that. over it. Uh, but yes, Ralph uh, was. <laughs> we just talked about that. We just talked about that. Get, Look, I'm 43. I got all. a bad foot. My hip is going out on but me. It's only been like 30 something years. We got to finish this damn fight now. Over an amiibo. 3 a.m. Over an amiibo? You can have it. See you in the backyard. Jay, yeah, you keep it. Jay is now the proud owner of two loft wing amiibos. Uh, no, but seriously, give me that. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so Ralph, yes, uh, I've, I think I've introduced you enough. Uh, yeah, what games, if any, have you been playing lately? I've been running through my fifth turn of Cyberpunk. Whoa, nice. really? Nice. I've got about 500 hours into it. Oh, my God. Oh my God. That's crazy, because like, yeah. you're the only person I know who's put any appreciable time into that. Uh, I kind of bounced off it in a couple hours, Jay. It, I think you did the same. I, I, I'm uh, not so touchy about the bugs. It. I don't care about any of the bugs. I, some of them are actually absolutely hilarious. Yes. Yeah, I've got some yeah. screenshots of some wicked stuff. And then I sent one to Jay yesterday. It was this weirdest shit that I found two robots <laughs> sitting in a room. 
in a hotel, this skanky little hotel, and they're playing cards playing and cards. smoking joints. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got to have a 20 strength to open the door. And you get in there, and that's all there is. That's it. fucking robots sitting there playing cards with each other. I love that. Oh my god! I, and I feel like these are the kinds of things like people will slowly be discovering over the next several yep. years, uh, yeah. as they did. There, there's the quite adventure. a bit to discover, and that's what yeah. keeps me going back. Is nice. I keep wanting to look for more stuff. And so I got to get into that. Killing man. people's fun with a sword. Yeah, I'd kind of been waiting for uh, like a solid patch, but I, I think we're there, right? Version one. Yeah. The... Well, this new patch, patch, and it, it fixed some things, but they broke some other things. You know, you know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. Of course, of course. Such but, uh, it, it's nothing game-breaking. They fixed most of the, the things that stop quests from finishing. So That's important. When it first came out, I couldn't finish maybe six or seven quests through my first playthrough. And then my second playthrough is like three quests that I couldn't finish. Oh, wow. And now, at this point, none of them bug out. I'm able to get through them all and do all of them without any problems. But there are some other weird bugs going on, but they're not game breaking. Quick aside, do you think you know because they got a lot of a lot of flack for this back in December when it was released? Obviously, it's kind of been you know the joke, the butt of jokes, Cyberpunk <laughs> yeah, not being able to run on release date, and oh, it was rushed, and they forced all the developers to work overtime and horrible hours. It, and... it ran fine for me on yeah, release yeah. date. On, I mean, no I only played the first five minutes, but it ran fine. Is it was it a certain console? Because yeah, I mean, it was humble brag. It was the I was PS4, playing on the PS5. Yeah, all the PS4 console ports and the Xbox were One. Shit, yeah, the okay. console ports were terrible, and yeah. they had they were really really bad. Yeah, but the the PC version ran fine. Yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, sounds and, about right. And that was it was kind of the same same on my end. The the PC version ran fine. It's just the only reason I, I bounced out was because it's it it wasn't so much that I was bouncing out because of bugs or anything it was just because there's so many other games that i'm same. i'm playing at the same yeah. time yeah. so it's kind of like i do a little bit of this one and then i do a little bit of this one and then I do a little bit of this one and, and it ends up being like two months in between right. actually getting back to the yeah uh, you know into the i might have some neuroses i was like that with the witcher too i have thousands of hours in the witcher oh, yeah no, same no thing with witcher i haven't i haven't jumped into that yet and it's it's for me like not getting into it, it's kind of that bethesda effect where it's like these games are so vast and i know it's going to take a lot of time and i'm not sure i want to invest that much time yet so i'd like end up shelving it and going to something else yeah. instead and that's when i end up putting in over 200 hours into <laughs> dragon quest 11 oh wow now, do you think, uh, seeing as how, like Ralph just said, uh, didn't keep you from putting 500 hours into it, you've been playing it, I think uh, when people think of this game in five years, uh, this will be a nice little anecdote, but uh, it'll have to live on, it, on its own merits uh, and its own quality. So I, I don't know that uh, for all of our gnashing of teeth, uh, that anything's going to change for the industry, because I think the, the industry's takeaway is, oh, people will get over it, it's fine. We'll do what we have to do. We'll make our money. We'll play it anyways. Yeah. Well, CD Projekt Red did promise to fix it, and they are fixing yeah. stuff. Sure. And yeah. They're making yeah. huge improvements. The crafting system's been improved to where it now it makes sense. And but it, there's uh, there's the camp total of people. drag. But it, yeah, they, I mean, well, there's a, that got turned off because of so many bugs in the beginning. Sure. And but, and that say that well, they shouldn't have released the game until it was ready, or at least wasn't crashing on half the people playing it. Uh, they just did it to force it out uh, for this artificial timeline uh, around the holiday season. Well, I think it probably can be said with all software that at some point they just have to fucking release, release the damn it. thing. Yeah. They and do. see what they the do. fuck happens so that they can fix the whatever it is. Because yeah. you look I, at something for so long, you lose the forest for the trees. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I, I think that's part of it, but I also think part of it is because there's so much uh, entitlement with modern gamers these days where they have to have this Kids instant gratification. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got to be perfect. And gonna, and if it's not so. perfect, then then they're going to bitch and then they're going to you know do death threats. If the developer says, hey, we're going to delay it and make it right, make sure everything is good before we release it, they get hate mail and yeah. death threats and all this stuff. So it's like, damned if you, you do, can't win for losing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that same song and dance with Diablo 3. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they, they said that up front. We're going to take our fucking time. Mm. However long it takes, it takes. And yeah. it still came out as a crap game. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, well... Uh... Remember that the next time a big AAA title comes out and uh, we all complain about how buggy it is, uh, that we're, we're all part of the problem. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you, can be, you can be, or you, or you can send in bug reports and tell them to fix shit. There you go. Yep. There you go. Yeah. You know, and help them out. Something that did release on time. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> how about that for a segue? Was the Super Nintendo. That's right. Uh, we've alluded to it early in the podcast, uh, but this whole episode is going to be about... The Super Nintendo, one of the most influential video game consoles ever released. I don't think that's uh, anybody's denying that. Uh, and we're going to talk about just why it's so great, uh, and also some of the games that we enjoyed playing on the Super Nintendo platform. Now, um, I figure the way we can go through this is uh, we talk a little bit about the hardware, talk a little bit about when we first played it, uh, and then we'll uh, move into some of the games we're playing. We'll sprinkle in between. We'll do as, as the spirit moves, as they say. <laughs> All right. 1991 was a momentous year in uh, video gaming. That's right. Or if you're in Japan or South Korea, 1990, because they got the Super Nintendo. <laughs> oh my God, that is so. Uh, the opinions of one Joe Kujinati do not reflect the opinions. It wasn't an opinion, it was a song. The, the, bigots, the bigotry. That's a ditty. That is a ditty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, they were lucky enough to get it early, although we got it, I think, earlier than uh, Europe. I know they didn't get it until like 1992 or three, maybe even. Uh, but yes, the Super Nintendo or Super Famicom, if you were in one of those countries, as it was referred to, uh, Nintendo's first 16-bit console, uh, and to the opinion of many on this panel, the best video game yes. console ever released, or at least up until this point. Who knows what the future holds? But the best. I, no, yes. we've Tell talked us why, about Jim. it, man. There's no, there's no debate. Like yeah. pound for pound, as far as consoles go, like games to to console, like this is the mm-hmm. best one. I think a, a big part of that is because of just kind of the perfect storm that was happening in the industry right now. You know, we had the whole Atari crash in the mid '80s. Uh, where video games, some had thought, were just kind of like a fad. Like, oh, we went through that. That was cute. Remember when we all had Ataris? And then, uh, you know, Nintendo releases this NES, takes the industry by storm, um, and uh, all of a sudden video games are in uh, millions of uh, households across the country. All the video game developers, you know, who had had jumped into Atari and NES at the time uh, had kind of coalesced around you know, the Super Nintendo, this new 16-bit system that was coming out. Yeah, we had Sega Genesis. Yeah, we had, I think, TurboGrafx-16 had come out by this point. There were other competitors out there, but Nintendo was so dominant in the home video game console at the time that people knew this was going to be a success. It was kind of inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the industry knew it. Software developers knew it. So I don't, I can't think of another time in video game history when, like, the best, all of the best video game developers were making all of their games exclusively for this one console. And that's why it is unrepeatable in the industry, I think. I mean, Xbox came close 
because at the time Microsoft had like the uh, exclusivity with the um, a lot of like the the Halo franchise. You had uh, the Star Wars franchise. Who did that? Um, the the company that did Knights of the Old Republic. Oh. Yeah. Why? Well, Bio Bioware. Bioware. Was there it you go. Bioware? Bioware. Yeah, Bioware. they had the they had the contract with Bioware, and Bioware was putting out like top notch stuff. So I think Xbox came close. Sony and with the PS2 era was doing pretty well, mm-hmm. but I don't know, man. But I think even like I like quality games, pound for pound quality games versus like the dregs. Nothing comes close to yeah. the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Like yeah. M- more often than not, you were getting quality even from third party developers. Yeah. yeah. But to your point, Joe, even in the Xbox and PS2 era, like the industry had already fractured. Nintendo was still in the game. There were still, you know, you could take your hard earned money and, and take this route. When the Super Nintendo came out, yeah, we had the Genesis. That was their biggest competitor. But it was like it was like Coke to Pepsi. Like, you know, they weren't number two close. They were number two by a long shot. Until Mortal Kombat came out. Well, that is true. But yeah, that was kind of uh, later. And that was post-Street Fighter 2, uh, which mm-hmm. the Super Nintendo, obvi- I think we can all agree, had the better version of. Um, yeah, also indeed. Had, had yeah. the right amount of buttons for, whereas the Genesis yeah. had, yeah. what, three? Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've talked a little bit about... Um, actually, you know what? I want to start here. Let's let's go around the room and talk about the first uh, time we played and or purchased uh, our Super Nintendos. Let's start with Ralph. He's our guest. Yeah, there you go. Woo-hoo. I want to say that it was a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Had you asked for one specifically or was it just kind of given to you? And uh... Oh, no, 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 no. I asked. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had to ask for like three or four years just to get a Nintendo. Me too. Uh, they they didn't like the how much I played the Atari, so <laughs> they're trying to get me off of it. But I think they finally realized that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> yes. Here you are, uh, forty years later, on a video game themed yeah. podcast, and, yeah. and I either work or play video games. So there you go. It, that, that's all there is in life. There you go, <laughs> Jay. Uh, what about and now you? a podcast? So. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Add that exactly <laughs> to your list. Jay, uh, first experience with a Super Nintendo. Uh, first experience was I, I basically I put one on layaway uh, and I worked b- through the summer to to pay for it essentially yeah, layaway um, and I, I, I ended up getting it yeah right <laughs> now it's um, called PayPal credit <laughs> <laughs> uh, I ended up getting it uh, I I want to say it was either the week of or the week after christmas mm-hmm. uh of that year and and i i got it i got super mario world yeah. and i think i got one other game with it but i don't even remember what it would have been i just remember pilot wings. i got it i got it hooked up i had my I had my little my little 15 inch tv oh, in in my room got that thing hooked up and i played super mario world the entire weekend that I had it. Like yes. I, I came down basically yeah. just to get something to eat and I yeah. went back up. It has that effect on people. Yeah. Joe's nodding his head. Similar experience with you? Oh yeah. No, I got it for Christmas. My folks got it for me wow. for Christmas. They they did the whole misdirect. They were like, we're not going to get you that. We don't want you to play video games. And mm-hmm. that was like the, the final thing. Christmas morning, they waited for like everything else to be open and then that was it. Like It was the last time I remember ever it, like being kind of a production when I opened up a Christmas present. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it was it was awesome, man. Like throwing in Super Mario World for the first time. Even now I get the same feeling of listening to that music and like the... Yep. The, the ding and then like the whoosh, it opens up there's just something especially when you're used to the 8-bit graphics of the nintendo 
opening up that world yeah. of the 16-bit yeah, Super Nintendo, like, yeah. oh, man, it's breathtaking. And if that's the yeah. first time you see it, like, in your home, on your TV, not at a kiosk in a Walmart. That was it? It's, it's a direct comparison to the video games you'd been playing. And, yeah, it yeah, was I mean, just, I, I can't state enough uh, the, the, the yeah. impact and the, the improvement in quality. It was the first time, if not the only time, that something exceeded what I was hoping it would be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, video game wise and also yeah. you know we didn't have youtube we didn't know what it looked like well i'd seen yeah. still shots in magazines mm-hmm. and i could mm-hmm. only it's imagine no uh, and like i was more of an electronic gaming monthly fan but sure also had a subscription <laughs> to nintendo power I'm such a fucking snob <laughs> about my video game magazines. uh but yes um had seen still images but that doesn't give you an, an impression of the animation uh mm-hmm. and you know just the vibrant colors and, and the sound the music i was not expecting to love the super mario world music as much as i did we'll the talk more about the game. sound chip is just yeah. outstanding yeah. man yeah. we'll come to that yeah. in a second i want to start uh from the exterior oh you know let me tell my story i'm surprised to hear you say uh you all got it around christmas i consider myself lucky now then because i did get the super nintendo like early in the fall i want to say it was like mid-september um, nice. I knew it was coming out. I'd been following it. I asked my parents. That was all I cared about. I was already lost, Ralph. Unlike you, my parents had already given up at that tender age. I, I got it before Christmas. Oh, you did get it before Christmas. Okay, it, okay. It was it was my Christmas present. Oh, I see. I got it before Christmas. You got an advance on <laughs> I Christmas. I went to Toys R Us with them and bought it. <laughs> so... I walked out of the store with my with it in my arms. Wow. Man. You're not gonna you're not gonna play with that until Christmas. Oh, watch me. <laughs> watch me. I will perfectly put it back in the spot. Oh, is that what you had to do? Wow, what torture. Uh, actually, I, I did have a similar torture, and, and it plays into my first memories of playing Super Nintendo because uh, my parents had a strict no video games on weekdays policy. So I could only play on weekends. When Monday came around, it wasn't until Friday uh, p.m. when I could uh, play Mario Brothers again. So, uh, yeah, I was lucky enough, got the Super That's Nintendo. Torture. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Much like you. I know why the caged bird sings, Ralph. Uh, so. No, you can't. You cannot Maya Angelou this thing. <laughs> similar, similar, not exactly the same, but close. Uh, we, but yes, played Mario World from Friday evening all the way through Sunday night, and man, I had played it nonstop. I actually beat it. I got to the end and beat Bowser Sunday wow. evening before I had to go to school the next day. I was motivated in that first weekend. Um, and I remember Dude. waking up the next morning, like I, I fell asleep thinking about that game, and I was dreaming of it. And woke woke up thinking about the way the controller felt in my hand. And so I got out, went to the TV, and, like, the TV was off. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, it was a loophole. I wasn't playing video games. But I sat in front of the TV with the TV off, holding the controller, <laughs> imagining, remembering what it was like to play Mario World the day before. It was so sad. It was so sad. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sad. Um, And thus began the obsession with the Super (laughs) Nintendo. All right, so uh, that was fun. We all talked about our first experiences. Uh, Now let's talk about the physical Super Nintendo, the hardware. And I want to start from the exterior because uh, I have what I think is a controversial opinion about the looks of the Super Nintendo. I don't like it, man. I don't like it. I don't like the color scheme. Uh, I don't like the boxiness of it. I don't like the weird slidey buttons. Um, I, I did <laughs> slidey buttons. It's weird, man. Yeah, because I mean, the regular Nintendo, you had those. They were spring loaded. You punched them in, and the and the on button. The original, stayed. the yes. original NES, but the the yeah. reissued NES ah, who had kind that? of had a similar looking design to the SNES. Yes, and I hated that as well. <laughs> so it was, they were both fair ugly point to me. Uh, fair point, and especially because I had seen pictures of what the Super Famicom looked like, 
uh, overseas, and it's this sleek look. It looks like the future. It's curvy, mm-hmm. um, and the color scheme, like the controller had the four different colors on it of the rainbow, which I thought was a lot more uh, vibrant than the dull kind of purple, gray, blah color. Of You're the... not looking at the controller. Well, yeah, luckily, I'm, I'm 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 exactly the opposite. Like I yeah. I. I like the the U.S. version, and I see the the, the Japanese version, or the or I guess the rest of the world version. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's like I don't know. I I I think it stood out more to me. It was bold. Yeah. It was yes. bold. It was designed <laughs> for what American culture was at the time too. The yeah. the industrialization and stuff of that was going on in in the '90s, especially. It kind of. It it embodied like what we were doing, like the Silicon Valley and like what things were looking like, buildings, what office buildings look like yeah, that's in true. America. Dull that's bland. what the SNES looks like. Yeah, yeah kind of industrial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Ralph, what were your impressions first time you saw it? You know, I didn't really give a shit about the console. It was more <laughs> exactly. I was more interested in the games. Exactly, and that's why I forgot to care what like, color it was. If you're looking at the console and the controller, you're doing it wrong. That's right? I know that. Who gives about? I don't care how it looked. That's I, I was more into the games themselves. Yes. So. Well, I forgive it for that very reason. Um, but yeah, um, almost got a spit take out of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I chose to trick at the wrong time. Uh, but you know, despite uh, whatever you think of the looks, um, yeah, that controller. I'll tell you the one thing that it did have over the Super Famicom was uh, the two convex and two concave buttons. I think it's what the A and the B, and they're colored the same, and they they curve outward, and the Y and the X curve inward, or it's backwards. I can't remember yep. which. Uh, I don't think the Super Famicom, or yeah, the Super Famicom controller had that initially. I think that was something la- added later. Yeah, I think they were. I think they were all four of them. Yeah, uh, were concave, con- uh, convexed. No, because convexed. stupid Americans, the stupid no. Americans need something to help them no. remember what buttons are what. That was no. Brilliant, is that not though. why? Well, no, that's exactly why they did it. Yeah, uh, okay. but I mean, I thought I think it was a brilliant move. I don't think it's because uh, I mean, and it's carried on today, right? Don't controllers kind of do that nowadays? Eh, maybe not. No. No, <laughs> not so much anymore. No. No. no, but it's more about the joysticks and the triggers. I feel some of these games, so those yeah. thumb buttons aren't uh, maybe as as important as they were in the Super Nintendo. But uh, was the first console that had four buttons on the face and six uh, or two shoulder buttons uh, mm-hmm. for a total of six. Uh, that was the first time I'd ever played a video game with the shoulder buttons, and man, what a game changer! Like yeah, from exactly. racing games yeah. to to, there's no such thing as a first person shooter, but you know they were utilized. Uh, ah, there was Doom on there. There was Doom. That, that is yeah, true. true. There you go. Uh, so yeah, those shoulder buttons. Uh, what were you guys? Fortunately, not all the games used them either. That is yeah. true, or used which, them well. Or yeah, yeah, or use yeah, them well. Yeah. Yeah. Super uh, or for anything other than like a menu selection. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Street Fighter Two, no- notoriously a six yes. button arcade game, uh, but you kind of got a map. Your least favorite uh, uh, buttons to those shoulder buttons when playing Super Street Fighter Two. Oh, those were the those were the the, the heavy the heaviest attacks. That's where it was yep. for me too. Yeah, I always reprogrammed it and put the light ones up there because I didn't want to use them. I, I needed oh, my wow. heavy ones down on my thumbs, <laughs> and I just didn't feel right. It always it always made sense to me, like, <laughs> it, like ergonomically, it always kind of made sense because I always felt like that that button always kind of had the most satisfying like to push it. Like I was yeah, gonna yeah, like yeah. use something heavy. Girl. And so yeah. that's why I made that the heaviest hit. All like, right. bam, yeah. all right, let me hit that. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Fair enough. I do you remember slapping those keys pretty hard, Joe? 
<laughs> oh man, that's not all I was slapping. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> but now you do. <laughs> I don't know about you uh, guys. I was the victim of a defect uh, in my controllers. Where I know. The, the, I've been meaning to tell you. <laughs> no, no, my Super Nintendo controllers, Joe. Where oh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the cord would get unplugged. Uh, like if you held it by the cord. Um, yeah, th- this didn't happen to you guys, huh? Maybe I got too early of a unit. Um, like on the actual inside the yeah, thing it would come in. Exactly. Oh, wow. So it would stay inside, you know, it would stay connected to the rest of the controller, but the controller would cease to work because the little plug had become unplugged from the the motherboard inside of that controller. So I got really wow. good at uh, getting out the uh, the little mini screwdrivers and taking that thing apart and having to manually plug it back in. And I noticed in later years models, they uh, they glued there was like hot glue say, yeah, around had some the hot glue. cords. So they, they fixed that defect. But no, just me, huh? Yep, just yeah, yeah. both of my controllers are victim to that. All right, well there you go. Any other? Well, I, I still have my my SNES controllers, and I, and I, As I do think I. they still work. I mean, I don't think that I don't I haven't played them necessarily in in years, but yeah, I think they still function. Have they turned yellow like some of the other plastic um, on the Super Nintendo? Not so much. Yellow. I think my Super Nintendo didn't yellow, mm. but yeah, my Super Nintendo said okay, uh, and the controller said okay. Mine was too, but I know that was a a, a defect as well that they that they had to fix. Uh, yeah. All right, any other thoughts on the controller or the outside of the Super Nintendo before we move on? All right, cool. Let yeah. us talk about... <laughs> That's good for a podcast, shaking our heads. <laughs> well, if we have nothing else to say about the outside, uh, then let's talk about the inside of the Super Nintendo because, as we mentioned, first 16-bit mm, uh, console from, uh, Super Ni- uh, from Nintendo. I don't remember how fast it was. It's something embarrassing like, 13... Oh yeah, no. I think it was it was uh, what was no it? Idea. It was it's like three three point five. I was thinking it was like nine. Holy 3. crap! 5 megahertz. Yeah, three point five megahertz. Yeah. Holy wow. shit! I'm sure the RAM is in the KBs as well. Uh, and yeah, so by today's standards, not powerful, yeah. but uh, powerful enough. Powerful enough to uh, do a kind of multiplane scrolling uh, and a new feature that they called Mode Seven, which uh, allowed things to scale Amazing. and rotate. Uh, on on three axes, uh, and really added a whole new level of gameplay for for some of our favorite games. Um, yeah, I mean, it's responsible for uh, well, Pilot Wings would not exist without Mode Seven. Mario Kart, Mario Kart would not exist. Couple of levels the of opening of Final 3. Fantasy Six. That opening, that's yeah. right. Yeah, a lot of use gotten out of uh, Mode Seven. Mm-hmm. They even used Mode Seven in in ways that you wouldn't have necessarily noticed it. Like in in Super Mario World, some of the levels were done in Mode Seven. You know, they didn't do them as on the plane like they would do like the faux 3D of them. Right. But they would actually use it for like rotating the backgrounds and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That's right. Some of the characters, yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. They kind of doubled down on that in uh, Super Mario World Two, Yoshi's Mm -hmm. Island. Uh, But yeah, a lot of the just like little extra effects. uh, They really used it to its fullest potential. I think that had to have like a special chip too, didn't it? Yeah, that one was the yeah the Super FX chip I think. Ah, which was found in uh, Star Fox. That was mm-hmm. what made that one That's possible. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh, even uh, even when they weren't upgrading the uh, interiors, they were finding Good ways to, to add uh, new ways of gameplay to the to the exterior. Uh, later, added the Super Game Boy to the Super yep. Nintendo, which mm-hmm. was a little uh, cartridge you put in your Super Nintendo, and then you drop your Game Boy games right in top. Uh, yep. And was, it was so genius because it I was know. like it took the black and white games and and gave them a color palette and a and, bigger screen and, and a yeah and a bigger screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I really wish and they would do that. Worked really well. Yeah, I, yes. I wish they would do yeah. that with the 3DS. Like, there's got to be a yeah. way we can add something onto the Switch to play 3DS games. Yeah, even if it's just like a virtual console. I kept hoping that they would take the uh, for the Wii U when it was you know when it was the current console from them. I kept hoping that they would take something on the back of that of the Wii U gamepad because there's a plug-in, there's a port there. That's right. And just make a little add-on that you can plug that in. You can put your 3DS games in. You can put your DS. You can put your you know your Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and just have that as your as your player. To, that would have been perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, buy a Steam Deck, and uh, yes. <laughs> all your all your yes. dreams will come true. If that's what you want. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but uh, speaking of add-ons, yeah, Super Nintendo also had a little port uh, on the bottom for a uh, future planned uh, CD peripheral that they were teaming mm-hmm. with Sony uh, with. Uh, never came out. Not sure uh, why. Maybe I mean, we'll... it came out. It just wasn't a Super Nintendo thing. No, yeah. yeah. They kind of uh, screwed the pooch on that. Uh, I think Nintendo, uh, in their history, you'll find a little bit of hubris, a little bit of ego. And, of course, why not? They were dominant at the time. They should be. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, started making some <laughs> questionable choices there in the mid-'90s. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, not before the Super Nintendo would go on to just kind of be this juggernaut from 1991, really all the way until uh, what 95, 96, um, 97 is yeah. when the Nintendo 64 came out, and they were still releasing Super Nintendo games then. Um, I yeah. Think- yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I think they were still releasing Super Nintendo games on into like 2000. <laughs> oh jeez, really? Because yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think even the NES was getting games at like 90, 95, 96. Wow, that's crazy. The, yeah, that's true. NES. It's nuts. Mega Man 19 Di- or whatever. Die Hard was a late release for the NES. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. talking games now, uh, so maybe it's time to to get into the games. Wait talk- a minute. What? We haven't I've... talked about, you talk about the insides. How do you talk about the Super Nintendo and not talk about oh. the music, the sound okay. chip right. in that thing? There you go. Good call. I mean iconic you talk about iconic yeah. music from video games and you can't go two seconds without talking about a super nintendo title that is true yeah, yeah. the first time i can remember playing games where uh, i felt like there weren't just bloops and bleeps on a 10 second loop mm-hmm. in the background yeah. you know uh, mario right. brothers seemed like a novelty super mario brothers on the nes it was like oh hey there's a, there's one game that has a, a catchy ditty uh that sounds gets... like actual instruments playing <laughs> exactly yeah. the midi and then, and then here comes and Super Nintendo. The big three. Yeah. Super Mario, Zelda, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Metroid. Those yeah. three, the way they open up. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so really taking the, uh, the themes that were built uh, in the original NES versions and then just adding you know, what, you know, we have uh, samples of orchestra mm-hmm. and uh, just the sound effects. We've got multiple layers now. Before, you know, I think there were like, what, three or four channels of audio on the regular Nintendo. So yeah, like, I think four and, channels and one of them was devoted to like the sound effects, right? So like, you know, yep. parts of the yep. music would drop out when uh, another channel had to take over uh, parts of the sound effects. And here, I think he had like sixteen channels and just layered and yeah, great sounding samples and uh, and and the music being composed more importantly by some of these yes. composers for these games. Uh, yes. Still stand you the get test. Some of time. voice acting in some games too. That's right. We yep. got voice yep. samples, semi-realistic. Yeah, that Toady? <laughs> yeah, Frogger. Whatever the fuck that guy's name yep. was. Uh, Slippy. 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 Yeah. There you go. Slippy of course. Toad. Yeah, it's gross. Uh, um, yeah, the I I still remember like taking um, you know Final Fantasy and uh, well Final Fantasy. 
two, I guess, technically two, four, whatever we yeah. want to call it. And, and six and like super Castlevania. Oh yes. And, and finding their, their, the cheats that you could do yes. to get into their, the into audio. their music mode mm-hmm. and, and just played to play the background music, Did the same thing and actually recording it on tape <laughs> so that I could take it with me and actually be able to listen to the listen to the music of the games. That's awesome. So, yep. I did I didn't commit them to tape, but I definitely sat there in front of my TV uh with Super Ghouls and Ghosts in music mode and oh, listened yes. to some of those tracks over and over again. Uh mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually wanted to do that because it sounded so yep. good. Yep. All right, well we're talking about the games. Let's do it. Let's dive into some of our uh favorite Super Nintendo games. I've got a list of pff, two dozen here. Uh, that I could pick anyone and talk at length about them. Uh, but I want to see what you guys have in, in mind, and specifically Ralph. Let's start with our guest. Oh, well, Zelda, for sure. There you go, Link to the Past. Yeah, Link to the Past. I, I put a lot of time into games, and I put a lot of time into that one, just going over every inch of the map several times. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was an amazing adventure. I, that's still my favorite Zelda game. Yeah? Like. I can it still narrowly... hear the music in my head just mm-hmm. by thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rain, the rain sound, the rain at yep. the beginning. That prologue is like uh-huh. one of the best openings of yes. a video game, still today. Yeah, I love it. Yes. It, yes. Yeah, it's definitely in my top two. I got to give the edge to Ocarina of Time, but uh, yeah, this this game was just like a, a grand adventure, and I remember finally beating it, probably fifty, sixty hours later, months later, and um, like getting emotional. Like feeling like I'd actually accomplished something, uh, mm-hmm. even though I just wasted part of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, coming out strong, Ralph. Yeah, I don't think uh, anybody else want to talk about. I mean, we, well, if you want to hear us talk at length about the Zelda games, we did a whole episode where we uh, dissect. No, not dissected. <laughs> we did many reviews of uh, all the mainline Zelda games a couple of months back. You can find that on 16bitgladiators.com. dot uh, com. Jay, moving on to you, Super Nintendo game on your list. Uh, oh, crap. Yeah, I know. I I, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I tell you what. Give me um, one. Give me one that starts with the letter S. With the letter S, <laughs> Super Metroid. Yeah, Super Metroid. Oh, there yeah, you go. Yeah. All right, just getting the big ones uh, out of the way. Like my my big three uh, series of all times has always been Zelda, Metroid, and Final Fantasy. Ooh. And I, I remember when Super Metroid was coming out like i had you know i had the nintendo powers and stuff like that so i i I was pouring through all of those seeing all this stuff and just getting excited from the still pictures of it having no idea what to expect when it actually came out uh the music that it was going to have the fluidity of movement that it was going to have how much of an improvement in gameplay it was going to have over the original uh metroid and holy crap yeah (laughs) Super Metroid is kind of like Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. Still my favorite Metroid to this day. And like Link to the Past, uh, not even considered just one of the best Super Nintendo games, but one of the best games ever. One of the best games. Yeah. 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 A lot of people have Absolutely. it at the top of their list. That's not Absolutely. like Trump. A lot of people say. A lot of people say Super Metroid. It's the best game. <laughs> All right, Joe. Uh, I kind of like this theme. Uh, give me an, uh, a Super Nintendo game that you love that starts with the letter S, Joe. Okay, yeah, that that'll be really easy. I'm gonna go with Shadowrun. Uh, Ooh, this nice. was like yes, basically I knew you'd bring the yep. Super Nintendo's version of Cyberpunk. Uh, this was <laughs> another. I I love isometric games, but this is an isometric view game, uh, uh, an RPG, but with like kind of a sci-fi element to it. The music is just like 
forget about it. When, when we did our music episode, right. I had brought in one of the tracks. And uh, yeah, no, this is, it's a great like detective noir kind of story set in like a futuristic cyberpunk uh, setting. So good. It's so good. It yeah. is. I, Cyberpunk's been reminding me of Shadowrun, watching mm-hmm. you play hours of Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. It just keeps bringing me back <laughs> yeah. to it. I think that's probably why I keep playing Cyberpunk. That mm-hmm. The music in Cyberpunk's really good, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. The only thing about Shadowrun that I think people aren't prepared for when they start to play it is that there is a point-and-click element to mm-hmm. it. So, like, there's a lot of action stuff, but then, like, there will be times where you have to, like, hit a button and use a cursor to, like... investigate drawers or fire on things and so that's something that'll kill momentum especially if you're not prepared for it but if you're open to that like the game is just so deep and and has so many like fun characters and just a cool world to explore like what ralph was saying about zelda like this is just a cool place to live in that cartridge i consistently see like selling at over a hundred dollars when i go to expos or anywhere they have used video games like that one's uh, that one's a collectible and i can see why yeah it's one of the few games that I still have, like, in the box right oh, wow. here at home. See, I'll pay for uh, Harper's College someday. Hold on to that one. So uh, uh, we've all done super games or games that start with the letter S, which is not difficult to do. Uh, did you, Joel? What did you do? I'm, I'm about to. I'm just explaining that uh, oh, Nintendo okay. had this. They were really doubling down on the super naming scheme. Uh, yeah. But I think the mandate <laughs> came down on high to the developers that, uh, yeah, hey, uh, Castlevania 4, just call it Super Castlevania. You know, yep. uh, and so that is the first game on my list. Super Castlevania, except, aka oh. Castlevania Four. What's up? Oh, I was going to say, except Contra, because they mm-hmm. used Super Contra for the NES. That's right. And then they had to call this one Contra Four. Yeah. That's a good no Contra Three. But yeah, you're <laughs> Contra right. Three, yeah. Still, oh, Contra Three. Either That's way, right. yeah, yeah. screwed them some. So it didn't always work, and often led to some <laughs> confusing names. We'll talk about some other Super games later, but uh, yeah, Super Castlevania um, was really just like a a reinvention of the original Castlevania uh, from the mm-hmm. NES, except super. Like, everything looks better. Graphics are bigger. The sound, man, you want to talk about soundtrack? Yeah, that was one of those scores that I was uh, listening to uh, ad nauseum. Just great atmosphere. Um, the gameplay was a little wonky. Uh, they introduced this new, I think, also taking advantage of Mode 7. That seemed to be another kind of mandate from Nintendo. Be like, hey, look at this hardware we built. You will use it in your first-party games. Uh, so that we can tout it in Nintendo Power. Uh, and yeah, they did. The, uh, Simon Belmont. Was it Simon Belmont you're playing in that game? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah Simon Belmont. You can, you can whip. Of course, you have a button for your whip, but then if you held the button, your, your whip you would go faster. Exactly, and you could move yeah. the controller around, and it would go in all uh, eight directions, mm-hmm. uh, which didn't really control very well, but was interesting. Uh, but, you know, I use that though to cheese so many things. Yeah, like yeah, you, right. like you would have things that would like shoot things at you or throw bones at you or whatever, mm-hmm. and I just turn. Yep, I would do the, the same thing, thing around and just. Or yeah, the uh, best is if you had something that was underneath you and you yes. just yep. let it lay limp and just and let it, it lay on it. Something and you're like, how is that hurting them? It's literally not moving. But yeah, it's a blessed piece of iron, and it's it's hurting it. Yes, there you go. All right, I'll I'll take that. Uh, but yeah, Super Castlevania, really good game. Uh, one of one of the classics on the Super Nintendo. Um, I should mention a lot of the games you're hearing us talk about are available on the SNES Classic that they released a couple of years ago. The miniature version, uh, which has become my main Super Nintendo uh, console, basically of choice, because uh, I've side I've I've uh, corrected the mistakes they made and side loaded uh, the the games that they they left off onto it, and is now the ultimate. 
power in the Super Nintendo system. Indeed, indeed. Um, Don't be so proud of this technological terror you've constructed. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, with the exception of your Shadowrun, Joe, uh, all of our games can be had on said classic, uh, if you can find it, which I don't think you can anymore. Well, you could, I mean, you could definitely load up the ROM for Shadowrun. No, I'm talking about the SNES Classic itself, like that piece of hardware. You, If you can find it, oh, good luck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Except for hundreds yeah. of dollars on eBay. Um, yeah. But yeah. Or, you know, just $35 for a pie. <laughs> there you go. And, and, a, and, a, and a Super Nintendo shell. There do we go. all still? Uh, yeah, exactly. Ralph, you mentioned earlier you still have your controllers. Uh, do we all still have our original Super Nintendo systems somewhere in a box? No, Joe does not. The rest in of the us original do. box. In the original all box. In the ori- oh wow! Holy With the original shit. packaging. Damn, he's gonna wow. pay for Harper's College. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude. Have, yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, I don't have I don't have the original boxes or anything, but yeah, I, I do have the original hardware still. And the boxes wow. are pristine. Wow. wow. All right, we've all gone around the horn once. Uh, that was my game that starts with an S. We can uh, get off of that theme now. Killer Instinct. Ooh. Well, I played that in an arcade at first. Yep. And then it came out on Nintendo. And you know what? Yeah, I played a lot of that. The, a great opportunity okay. to, to talk about that uh, in general because yeah. one of the things the Super Nintendo did better than any other console at the time, I mean, Genesis was up there too, uh, but, uh, you know, since the Atari, we had had arcade ports, uh, you know, of arcade games, but right. they never, like, <laughs> Pac-Man wasn't even round on the Atari 2600. He's a fucking yeah. square. Uh, yeah. So there were limits to uh, how we could And reproduce. the levels weren't even designed the same way. They weren't way. designed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, I mean, you know, the Pac-Man screen is vertical, right? And they have to cramp it down and mm-hmm. uh, shave it off. It, 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 Pac-Man, I don't think, has ever made a proper um, console appearance. Um, Nintendo was a little better with some of those, you know, Donkey Kong was pretty much kind of a one for one, um, but, uh, certainly wasn't recreating the arcade experience of, you know, games like Street Fighter 2. Uh, mm-hmm. and so here comes the Super Nintendo 16-bit graphics, uh, and we're now getting not direct ports, but pretty fucking close ports of yeah. games we were playing and it just became expected after a while. Oh, by the time Super, uh, Street Fighter 2 came out, we were like... Oh, this is a great game. When can I play it on my Super Nintendo? And, of course, it wasn't yeah, too yeah. long before uh, it, it made the jump. Uh, but that was really just kind of, no pun intended, super-powered in the age of the Super Nintendo, these arcade mm-hmm. ports, right? I think after the disappointment that was the Ninja Turtles arcade port on the NES, <laughs> yes. like I think yeah. the, the I think devs were very like conscious you of the fact that, that like <laughs> we need to yeah dude I do love that game you, you love that game Joe I well, love that game we played it because we had game. to but it's not the it wasn't the uh, what how, what are they saying Batman it's not the one we needed it's the one we deserved or something no it like wasn't that. the one we deserved but it was the one we we needed we, we needed, needed to play right it. now that's yeah. right yeah. no but what I'm saying is like I think we learned I think devs learned from that too that like okay people. Mostly, people, not Joe, aren't going to put up with these crappy ports. So we need to make sure we put some quality in this. And I do think that's part of the reason why Street Fighter was as good as it was on the SNES. Like, it, it was the best port from the arcade to a home system mm-hmm. yeah. up to that point. Uh, disappointed we never got the original Ninja Turtles arcade game uh, in a proper format on Super Nintendo. Uh, but we did got get Turtles in Time. We did get its sequel in Turtles in Time. And even though it wasn't four-player... Uh, two-player Turtles in Time was a fucking... That, that's one of my favorite Super Nintendo games. Like, I, I, I understand why it wasn't included in the SNES Classic uh, because of licensing, you know, as all things Ninja Turtles are. But, um, man, for me, that's top ten game right there, that mm-hmm. Turtles in Time. 
Just played through that with the wife the other day, actually. Nice. Nice. That was one I played it on the on the Super Nintendo before playing it in the in the arcade. Me too. And... Couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was so excited. Like the the first time I saw it, I, I, it had to have been like a Dave and Buster's or something like that. Mm-hmm. And and I saw it in the in the arcade, and it was you know the four player, all all four of the controls and stuff. Oh yeah, and I was so excited. I was like running around trying to find people to play with me <laughs> because I wanted to play it four player and just go nuts on this thing. But we're not talking about arcades. Uh, we're talking about arcade ports. To the Super Nintendo, and uh, I'm going to throw it back to Joe. Joe, uh, you want to talk about a Super Nintendo game? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to throw down another like kind of obscure one, since I, I think we're hitting all like the popular games. Yeah. There was a, uh, because RPGs started to get kind of popular after Final Fantasy 2 II and 3, or 4 and 6. Right. Uh, they started to get popular, and we started to see other ones from some other, like, you know lesser, for lack of a better term, developers, there was a game called Lufia and the Fortress of Doom oh, yes. that was a really solid RPG. Uh, it, I mean, it was kind of a paint-by-numbers, but it was better than it needed to be. And it definitely it left an impression. I, I always dug that one. Um, and, and I think you could still find it. Like, in the, on the 3DS, I think it's available. You can get it in the eShop. Um, but yeah, no, I, I had such a good time with that one. Yeah, that's another one. I, I do hear that name a lot and haven't played it. A little lesser known, but uh, yes, also highly rated. And man, mm. Super Nintendo is where RPGs found new audiences and new life. Yeah, the Super Nintendo was huge though for mm. for that community. Yeah, it's where uh, Square and Enix were were making all of their games. Some of the best RPGs, Chrono Trigger, the aforementioned uh, Final Fantasy games. You guys talked about Secret of Mana. Um, uh, Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest, or Dragon Obviously. Warrior yeah. over here, yeah. Act Razor, Act Razor. Act Razor. Let's oh, talk yeah. about Act Razor because I yes. loved that game because oh, yes. it was part RPG, part uh, part action platformer, mm-hmm. part hack and slash, and mm-hmm. part building a kind of a city. sim. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, a little bit of a sim to it. That's yep. right. Fantastic. Yeah, uh, and great looking graphics too. And another mm-hmm. one of these games with just a fucking killer soundtrack. Like I remember. That's the first game I remember reading about in a magazine, and everybody was talking about the soundtrack to that game. Uh, and in fact, you know, you guys talk about the music in Final Fantasy VI slash three all the time. Uh, but apparently, the, uh, the 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 composer uh, like went back and resampled uh, the, the sounds used in Final Fantasy after hearing Actraiser, after realizing this hardware can produce these sounds. Went back, uh, and the reason Final Fantasy three slash six sounds as good as today. Is because of Actraiser. I believe it. I believe that. Yeah, I believe that. That's awesome. Because there is a stark difference in the in the audio between the two four and three six. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can definitely see that. It's funny to think though that a lot of these songs have now been arranged and orchestrated and are playing on tours. You know, in theater halls. Uh, yeah. across, Been there. across the country, as have I. Yeah. yeah. So jealous. I wanted to go to that so bad. Oh, yeah. That Distant Worlds concert is really good. Oh, yeah. You went to that one. I went to the, uh, what do they call it? Like Video Games Live. Video Games Live. Yeah. yeah. And they uh, were playing all different genres. Uh, but, of course, you know, Mario and Halo and uh, I believe some Final Fantasy made an appearance. All right. Uh, I kind of jumped in there with Turtles in Time. Uh, and How about F-Zero? There you go. Yeah. Talking about mode yep. seven. That was a good one. That was yep. a good one for the music and for the racing. Absolutely. It Another fast. It, it felt fantastic. so fast. Yes, yeah. so fast. It like, still just, does. That one that one came sure out kind of at the 
at the hype of or at the height of the uh, the whole blast processing with the Genesis, <laughs> and they were they were because they were always comparing like Mario Kart to Sonic and being like, yeah, look how slow and you know look how slow the, the yep. Super Nintendo is, and we got blast processing. Look how fast you can go in here. So then F Zero drops, and it's like. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> GTFO, Sega. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good call, man. Yeah, I love that one. Well, as long as we're talking like uh, racing games, how about not really a racing game, but uh, Star Fox, we kind of touched on earlier. Yes. Since it uh, was one of the first like 3D games. First 3D games. On yeah. The yeah. Super Nintendo needed its own special chip. And uh, man, it is hard to look at, hard to play nowadays. Oh, yeah. It looks like the Lawnmower Man, you know, the old Stephen King yeah. movie yeah. from like, the 90s. Except worse, if you can imagine that. Yeah. But at the yeah, time, I still love that game. I, I do too, man. It. I still love it. Nothing more satisfying than the hitting those two iconic. shoulder buttons and kind of mm-hmm. do, do a barrel roll, right? Oh, yeah, we've done so roll. many freaking barrel rolls. Yeah. How many oh, yeah. hours have we spent barrel rolls? Oh, my gosh. And also, going back to playing it, um, I don't know how we played with that frame rate. I didn't mind it at the time, mm-hmm. and you kind of learned to compensate for it. But, man, that game would uh, frequently dip down to single-digit frame rates. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, when a, a lot of those particles were on the screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. What's nuts is you can you can actually in emulators now you can actually do like essentially um, overclocking the emulator oh. so that it plays in it's real time faster, and it'll do it in like either a solid thirty or a solid sixty frames a second. Oh, jeez. And because the game itself and so many of those games back then were tied to the actual speed of the processor <laughs> yes when you speed them up like that to be like you know smoother gameplay or whatever it actually speeds up the game too yeah it's unplayable so it's unplayable yeah yeah i can't imagine i can't imagine playing a uh, gradius three or gradius however it's pronounced oh, yeah. if it didn't have that slowdown like the only reason i got right. so far in that game is because it would be overwhelmed with moving objects and it would just yep. s- slow to a crawl and be like oh I-, I feel like a fucking neo in the matrix like i'm just <laughs> yeah. right going through bullets <laughs> formulate a new plan yeah but, but yeah you're right when you play them uh <laughs> faster near real time uh unplayable Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about advancements in uh, graphics and uh, the developers working with the hardware they had. Sometimes they would uh, include new chips, uh, as they did with Star Fox, and sometimes they would render graphics in advance on 3D platforms and then flatten them and make little sprites out of them, as a Rare did with uh, Donkey Kong Country. Country. In that trilogy for the Super Nintendo, and uh, mm-hmm. that was kind of their answer to to Sony at the time, right? Because I believe what mm-hmm. PlayStation had come out at that point. Uh, I think it had just, yeah. I think I think PlayStation had just launched around that time, mm-hmm. and and Nintendo was, you know, they were they were in working on the N sixty four, and they were always touting about this partnership that they had with. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Silicon Graphics. There you go. Yeah. And uh, and how how they were going to just revolutionize 3D gaming, and so which then... one came out first? Was it Donkey Kong Country or Super Mario RPG? Because Super Mario RPG did the same thing. That's a good uh, point. I want to say it was question. Donkey Kong because I, I remember it was it was such Kong, a big yeah. deal being made about that process. Yeah. Okay. So then this may have predated the the PlayStation. Oh, wow, that'd be or impressive. Donkey Kong? might have well, mm-hmm. well either way uh i know gaming audiences uh, were becoming wise to like pc gaming and uh yeah these these consoles were on the horizon 3d was the next best thing 
Uh, and here comes Rare and says, hey, we can still do amazing-looking graphics with 16-bit technology. They kind of cheated a little bit, but, uh, you know, I'll allow it because that game and Killer Instinct and a lot of these other games, that, like you said, Mario RPG that took pre-3D modeled uh, graphics and turned them into animated sprites. Um, yep. you know, quite, mm-hmm. quite an advancement. It gave the Super Nintendo a few more years of life, I would think. Yeah, and it's crazy because they, you know, they... Because they could do it in 3D, so they could render out essentially how many, however many sprites they needed to make the movement as smooth as they needed. Yep. And it's just something that you you never saw before in in kind of the pixel graphics. You know, where you would normally only have like maybe three or four frames for a, a walk cycle mm-hmm. on something. Now you suddenly had you know eight or 12 or 20 frames that that way you could just get this fully perfectly smooth walk cycle and yep. it looked like it was you know rendered out properly yeah 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 I, I love those games too another game with great music great atmosphere um and kind of reinvented donkey kong in a time when you know nobody nobody was playing donkey kong donkey kong was an old 80s arcade game right uh no yep. but this ain't your this ain't yep. your daddy's donkey kong He's got a cool haircut, and it and it and it wasn't your daddy's Donkey Kong. It, <laughs> it was, was actually yeah. your daddy's Donkey. It was Donkey Kong Junior. Son, yep. as an adult, that's right. Grown yep. up, yeah. We find that out in the opening uh, scenes of Donkey Kong Country. See the old mm-hmm. guy playing the gramophone, old OG O O D K O D K Cranky <laughs> Cranky Kong. Yeah, that's right. Any other any other games specific games you guys want to touch on before we jump into some honorable mentions? Okay. I just wanted to kind of mention this because it came with like a peripheral. It was the uh, the Lord of the Rings uh, ah. RPG that was actually originally it was a PC game that they released on the SNES, but it was released in conjunction with the four player adapter, mm. uh, the multi tap, and so you could get like three of your friends oh, to play yeah. with you. And and I thought that was kind of a, a cool little step forward. They didn't release too many other games that did that. But uh, but Lord of the Rings was kind of a, a fun deal if you weren't taking it too seriously or had no hopes of finishing it. You just were having some fun with your friends. Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a, a fun little piece of equipment. Chasing the butterflies and picking the flowers. Yeah. Well, and I was gonna. Really I'm surprised Jay didn't bring this up. Jay is the only person I know that had the the blaster peripheral, the gun. Yeah, the six Ooh. shot or the the, yeah. the super six. Super six. Yeah, super six. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, that kind of came yeah. out later in in the Super Nintendo's life, didn't it? It did, yeah. And and I I think there was like maybe two or three other games that that were released that had compatibility with it, and I really wish that more had been done because it was it was incredible. Like it was such a jump in advancement over uh, the light gun from, you know, the the NES. It didn't do the the flash the screen with the black and white so that it could see that it actually where you pointed is exactly where where you were firing at. I guess it had wow. like a little camera or something in it, so it was actually looking at the screen. And I played the shit out of that <laughs> that that pack in cartridge for it. You know, and it was like it was the cheesiest games yeah. too. Like there was a whack a mole game on there, <laughs> but I would just play it for hours and be like, I gotta get them, I gotta get them all, I gotta hit them all. Uh, yeah, you know, I loved it. You bring that up. Interesting that uh, that didn't come out earlier in that console's life. Seeing as how the original NES, like you know, most of the all of my friends had the uh, what do they call it, the action set or uh, the mm-hmm. one that came with the light gun and Mario yep. and Duck Hunt. Like that, it was just yep. kind of 
synonymous with the Nintendo experience. And then uh, I don't so know. jealous. <laughs> yeah. I oh. got the one with the robot. Oh, no. <laughs> say there's a robot. Oh, that's what about right. The, how about the power glove? Or the power I, glove. Still, I still, still have my power glove. I have mine too, yeah. yeah. Sometimes they do peripherals right. Sometimes they do the power glove. Yeah. Hey, you know, that power glove, it's, it's going to so come bad. back around one day. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that device specifically, but in the new VR stuff. Yep, I, I assume. Oh yeah, it's all yeah. going to be like Ready Player One someday, right? We'll all be wearing yeah, Ready Player One suits and shit. Oh, there's yeah, there's there's already people on on YouTube building like haptic gloves, and they stuff already have they already have full body hap, haptic yep. suits. And yeah, you got the full body haptic suits. Like there's there's a guy that fortunately the Japanese are using them in porn. I was just going to say how how soon before porn? But hey, it's got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> yep. I'm booking my flight to yeah. Japan. Piqued <laughs> Joe's interests immediately. There you go. Gives a new uh, meaning to the word packing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to up, up, down, down that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any other games uh, before we talk some honorable mentions? We were kind of on the, uh, again, going back to the, the, the hard Japanese versions of games that, mm-hmm. that we never really mm-hmm. saw over Super here. Hard no hard there are no more games, later. Jay. There are no more games. <laughs> But uh, Final Fantasy, uh, four, well, four. Um, this guy in his fucking Final Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, go, ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, the 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 version that we got, it was almost the same, but it was there was less random encounters. There was, mm. you know, it was easier. So like it was, easier. it was yeah. so much easier. It was so much easier. Like you got more experience for the for the fights, so you would level up faster, and. Uh, what was it? There was there were certain uh, bosses that were just kind of pushovers in in Final <laughs> Fantasy two that we got. Mm-hmm. And when Final Fantasy four uh, came out, I think it was on the Game Boy Advance, wasn't it? When it came yeah. out, it was like it said hard type. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta try this. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> it's like the it's like the Super Mario, you know, Super lost Mario levels, two yeah. level lost levels like. How the fuck? It's like oh yeah, all of them, yeah. all of them. Having done this marathon that I've been working on, going through and playing all of all, even yeah. the ones that weren't released here, like the difficulty level of these original versions of the games is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah it, the one that hit me, that struck me the most, I think, was Final Fantasy IV. Like I remember breezing through that game when I was a kid. And going back and playing the proper version of it, I, I wanted to throw my controller so many times. <laughs> a game that I loved as a kid, I couldn't, I fucking hated this game so much playing it just because it was so hard. Yeah. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get in some honorable mentions then uh, because, yeah, we've talked a lot of the, about a lot of the big uh, Super Nintendo titles. Uh, even though, Joe, you've been sprinkling in some lesser known ones. Um, so I'm going to do that as well. Uh, I think anyway, uh, there was one that I, I actually purchased called the legend of the mystical ninja, uh, because, uh, Oh yes. Purchased squarely based on uh, Konami's uh, reputation, uh, which is funny looking back in hindsight, seeing where they've gone. But, uh, yeah, I I knew it was, it was based on like a Japanese comic or something, right? I didn't know any of the characters, Mm -hmm. but I knew Konami made good games. It was a two player simultaneous, which I was also looking for at the time. Uh, and bought that one, loved it. And that was good uh, fodder for trading on the playground. When everybody else had uh, copies of Link to the Past that they're trying to trade between each other, here I come with my legend and mystical ninja they never heard of. Um, and that's, that. Would, uh, yeah, that was like, that was gold on the, on the yeah. playground. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I have? A Super Adventure Island, which obviously the sequel to Adventure Island on the original Nintendo. Uh, kind of a Mario wannabe. Very difficult. Uh, I don't believe I ever beat that game. Uh, and uh, Smash TV. You talked about arcade ports earlier. I forgot to mention Smash TV, which I loved that in the arcades. It was a really unique um, play style because there were no buttons in the arcade version of Smash TV. There were just two uh, joysticks. Uh, one was to move your character around. The other one was to aim and, and fire your little gun. It was t- it was a top down. Um, and the way they solved that in uh, Super Nintendo was uh, luckily we've got those four buttons that are in the shape of uh, you know a direction pad. And so that is now your up, down, left, right. And you could even, if you held two of the buttons, it would shoot diagonal, which I thought was kind of uh, clever. Uh, so, yeah, it really made it uh, a fun game to play on home consoles. All right, honorable mentions. Uh, Joe. Okay, really quick honorable mentions. Uh, there was a Stargate adaptation that I thought was ah. fantastic. Uh, really good action game. And it, it was one of those games that like you had to kind of be paying attention to what was going on in the levels. Like You had to collect the symbols to actually beat the game. If you didn't do it, you had to start all over again. Oh, and I thought that was pretty creative. Um, also, Earthworm Jim. Earthworm yes. Jim on the SNES was just so great. It's a great so, one. Like, full of so much personality. It was a funny game, but also a tight platformer. Yeah. Um, Beautiful animations. And then, yeah. Uh, and then the final one, uh, I'm going to steal from, uh, from Joel, Ooh. But uh, and I'm surprised he didn't mention this one, but Mario Paint. Like, Mario <laughs> Paint was a, a fun time waster. That's yeah. right. We yeah. talked about it on last Good week's uh, Music and Rhythm Games episode. Uh, mm-hmm. About how I would write uh, music um, to the the, mm-hmm. the porn I was making on Mario Paint. Right. Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh, also uh, the Magical Quest starring Mickey Mouse. That uh, that a mm. Capcom Disney game, super fun. Uh, another tight bit of platforming, uh, and uh, and just full of Disney sounds and characters. And uh, it was a good time. Yeah, good one. Nice job going obscure. I like that. Uh, Ralph, any uh, that you wanted to mention we haven't talked about yet? I'm going to go with Worms. What? You guys- worms. Yes. yes. It, oh well, my you God. play a worm and you have... <laughs> okay, so you have a bunch of different worms on the board. Okay. And it's in a pixel base area or trees or something. But you can destroy all the landscape <laughs> with the weapons. And you have a slew of different weapons. Guns, pistols, bazookas, grenades, holy hand grenade. Ridiculous stuff. And it's a it's a battle royale, so you can have multiple players, and you have teams, and the two teams of worms fight each other. <laughs> that sounds awesome. And it, 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 awesome. you look it up; it's hilarious. And there's several yeah. different versions nowadays, but the original was pretty funny. Yeah, and it was yeah. it was a great great time with friends, just to waste some time. Wow. Never heard that one. And it was all turn based, so one worm yeah. would get its turn, uh... fire its weapon, and it would cause destruction. And then the next worm would get its turn, and it could. You know, turn and do the same stuff. <laughs> Every word gets his turn. There's some strategy to it for winning, and mm-hmm. but overall, it was just hilarious to see these worms nice. blowing each other up and <laughs> knocking each other across the map. Yeah, oh, it was like a violent version of Lemmings. Yes, yeah, violent Lemmings. Yes, yes. violent Lemmings. For sure. I love that band, by the way. <laughs> Let me go. Uh... Yeah, Blister in the Sun, one of my favorite Violent Lemmings songs. <laughs> All right, Jay. Uh, any honorable mentions? Have we done honorable mentions with you? Uh, no, no, we haven't done okay. honorable mentions yet. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, let's see. Well, we briefly talked, I mean, like we just mentioned it, Chrono Trigger, obviously, is yeah. fantastic. It's classic to this day. Uh, I've 
probably bought every version of the game that's come <laughs> out on every platform that it's come out on. Um, and then there was uh, going back to some of the fighters. We've got the Clay Fighter series yes. that was on there. Those were just a, a fantastic little almost almost parody fighting games. Oh, absolutely. Um, but they were actually legitimate fighting games in their own right. Yeah, um, agreed. And then uh, what was the third one I had? Uh, Earthbound. Earthbound. Ooh. Yeah. There. Yeah. I'm just. I just popped on it there. Earthbound. Um, this one so like quirky, so random, like something that you would not expect, especially coming from Nintendo. Like it was a it was a first party game that doesn't look like a Nintendo game. Like doesn't look like anything you would expect from them. And even to this day, like it's it's uh, kind of been, I guess, tributized. Mm. Is that a word? Uh, with um, that, uh, oh crap! What was the name of that one that was so popular for a while? Uh, Undertale. Ah, uh, yes. It yeah. was like everybody was playing Undertale and and thinking that it was such this like uh, innovative, weird game. And the creator was like, ah, like I I loved Earthbound and I just kind of wanted to make an Earthbound game. So here's <laughs> here's what we got. <laughs> Uh, Joe, I'm surprised we didn't talk about uh, Super Star Wars Trilogy, uh, also for the Super Nintendo. We did mention that in our Star Wars episode. They are pieces eh, of... You know what? They're super difficult, but in a time when uh, we didn't have any other Star Wars movies coming out, um, when we were kind of hard up for Star Wars content, here come these Super Nintendo adaptations of our favorite uh, trilogy, and uh, had the music, had the John Williams music, and uh, yeah, difficult as fuck, but uh, still... It still swept you away to that galaxy far, far away. All right. Well, that was a fun little trip down memory lane. Uh, I want to thank our guests, especially Ralph Woods. Ralph, thanks for joining us again, bringing your SNES. Thank you for no, having me. Now, do you guys say SNES? Do you say Super NES? Super, Super Nintendo? NES. SNES? I think I do all of the. I don't do SNES. Nobody does. But, uh, yeah. I, do everything else. That's, uh, I don't do SNES. Yeah, that's not an American thing. I, but I do alternate between either SNES or Super NES. Yeah, me too. Me too. We'll call it what you will. One of the best, nay, Super the nice. best uh, video game Please. console of all time. Anybody have any plugs? Any plugs? Anybody want to get in while we're wrapping up here? Um, nope. No, I mean, I've, I've got, I think the, the new episode of the, of the Geek Roundtable oh. podcast, uh, that's going to be coming up. I think this one's going to be the one where we talk about the movie Krull. Um, <laughs> yes. Kenny, Kenny and that crew, they're, they're really fun to talk with. Um, the show's already happened, but I, I wrote and filmed a uh, a promo for a band named Phantomello oh, yeah. uh, for their appearance at House of Blues. That was amazing. Uh, you can still catch that on, on YouTube. I'm going to be doing some more stuff for them uh, coming up. They did a music video uh, for a song called Gum Love, or Space Prom. It's called Space, Space Prom. Prom. And they uh, they use a bunch of puppets, and we have... Uh, we've been granted use of these puppets to make some twisted Sesame Street sketches. <laughs> oh no! So uh, we'll no. be coming soon. We're going to be doing that. Nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, I've got uh, some other stuff on the horizon. Just uh, follow me on the socials at Next Wave Joe, and you'll see uh, you'll see some photos or videos there. Nicely done. Uh, and of course, regarding this podcast, you can find uh, all of our links and uh, links to subscribe on 16bitgladiators.com, uh, where next week we're going to be uh, tackling a different topic. Maybe not as monumental as the Super Nintendo, but uh, since the invention of video games, uh, it was only a matter of time before 
we uh, took them out of the TV, out of our home, uh, and started carrying them with us as portables, as handhelds. Uh, and so that is going to be the topic of next week's episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. We're going to be talking about uh, handheld consoles. Uh, Ranging back to, yeah, I think those are probably 30 years old as well. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, actually, it yeah. depends. We'll have to... Well, maybe- uh, 89, I think, was when the when the Game Boy came out. So. Yeah, yeah, but before then, yeah, but like Tiger Electronics that. and stuff. I was stuff. just going to say, we'll yeah, have to see true. Uh, Ton, tons of handhelds. The, yeah, the Game yeah. & Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about all of those uh, on next week's episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. All right. Joe, thank you again for uh, bringing your knowledge, man. I know this has been a long time coming, so I'm glad you were able to uh, contribute. Hey, my pleasure. Odin's dick, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course, as always, Jay Gunn. Uh, thanks for, for bringing it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Always have a good time. Yes. Uh, and we will have a good time next week as well on another episode of The 16-Bit Gladiators. Goodbye, guys. Bye-bye. See ya. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.